Welcome to the Gary Wilkerson Podcast. If you've been joining us lately, you'll notice that Joshua West and myself are doing a series. We're doing 12 weeks or so. Not all of them will be 12 weeks. The last one we did was the fascinating, life-altering Word of God. If you haven't watched that yet, I recommend you go back to that. It really helps stir uh, your heart and spur you on to greater uh, intimacy with the Word of God, knowledge of the Word of God, hunger for the Word of God, and how it feeds and nurtures you. It'll change your life. I want to encourage you to go back and watch that. Now we're in another series here talking about a move of God in our generation. Uh, every generation where God moves in a mighty way has different elements to it. And I think the one we're going to see is very surprising. It's not your nat- normally when you think of revival, Joshua, you think of like, uh, you know, very emotional, a lot of crying, maybe um, a lot of like tears at the altar, which are all good things. And I pray that it'll happen here or like uh, very strong pulpit ministry. Uh, like a moody type revival, you know, where he where he got up and you know thousands would come to hear him preach, and I think that'll be an element of this revival as well. There's going to be great preaching from leaders who have shut themselves in with God and have something powerful to to say. But we're talking about maybe some of the more nuanced, behind the scenes, heartfelt things that I think are important for this generation. So in a generation where celebrity culture is so pronounced, there's a hunger for a nameless, faceless community of people who love one another and love God. In an age of pride and arrogance, there's a hunger for humility. And so these are marks of a move of God that are going to be, I believe, will be required of anybody that's going to participate, particularly if you're in leadership of this. You're going to have to see your heart humbled, a willingness to be a nobody of nothing, used only as God would have you to be used. So this uh, fourth one we're talking about is being generous in a materialistic culture. Now, when we talk about the, the, the contrast between those two words, it, it seems like all we're talking about is money, you know, be generous with your money and don't be materialistic. But it's more of a life uh, choice, uh, a me mentality in culture, materialistic in I want, I want comfort, I want ease, I want success, I want money, I want fame, I want fortune, where the generous is whatever I have, I want to give away. Yeah. Uh, it's the Abraham blessing. I'm blessed by God. He keeps pouring into me, and I keep giving out. I, uh, an abundant resource that has no limit, and and that, I think that's an incredible thing. So uh, I didn't say hello to you. Welcome, Joshua. Glad, <laughs> glad you're here. I kind of went in my own uh, my first sermonette in the middle of our, our podcast. But yeah, I'm excited about this one because, man, generosity can change the world. Yes. Uh, true Christian generosity. That's uh, not— not worldly altruism. Uh, it's not you know Bill Gates giving money to mal- help malaria. That's good. I love it. Yes. But this generosity is a Jesus-absorbed, life-transforming, power of the Holy Ghost, giving of our life away for the benefit of others, for the blessing of others, so that they could turn and say, "This is what Jesus is like." That's the kind of God I want to follow. Yeah, me too. And I, you know, I think there's uh, there's a lot of uh, things that can be said about this because there's a lot of wrong assumptions we can make, you know, right off the bat, like generosity is important. I think sometimes, you know, in the church, we have co-opted being generous as a means to receive. Oh, totally. You know, totally. rather and rather than this, you know, so it's like, hey, you know, 
you know, buckle down and give because yeah. at least you'll get a blessing back. You get, you give me $10, you get a hundred dollars. That's kind of what you're right. talking about. And that's yeah, the like, worst, that's the worst, you know, yeah. part of it. But this idea of, like you said, because we are tied to the resource of abundance. And I don't mean materialism. I mean, the God of all things yeah. internally, spiritually, emotionally, daily bread, everything comes from God. There's nothing that we have that that hasn't been afforded to us by even people who are lost, the common grace of God. And so as Christians, I think, you know, sometimes when we hear generosity, what we think is make sure that we're giving so that we can be blessed at church yeah. and, and, and all that stuff's fine. Give to your local church, you know, tithe and, and do all of that stuff. But I think that we miss the point of giving with a generous heart because because of of the fact that of who we are to God, and mm -hmm. you know, I like to to think about the fact that we don't give to receive. We give because we have more than enough. We give because there's people in need. We be we give because we have the heart of God, and I think that kind of generosity, to me, the pyramid scheme formulization of giving um, is repulsive. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I when I give. You know, or, you know, and, and even the idea, too, of this openness of it, like, you know, the the idea of just completely forgetting, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is right. doing, um, you know, and I, I, you know, I struggled to even say this story because I don't want to sound like I'm backhandedly pumping myself up. But when I was first, you know, a Christian and I would give, you know, I had someone, you know, come to me and basically say, hey, why aren't you? you know, tithing to the church because you're, you know, volunteer here and stuff. And, you know, I was like, well, I am giving, I just don't, I just don't give a record of it. You know, it was before the days of, you know, giving online and all right. that stuff, you know, you just put a little bit of Put your, your money in the, in the thing. And they're like, yeah, yeah, but we, you know, we need to know, you know, that you're giving <laughs> because you're, because you're part of the volunteer team or whatever. Um, and for me, I was, there's this battle. It's like the idea of I want it to be because and not be giving to the church, anyone, you know, I don't need to come in and say, hey, guess what I did on the way to work, Gary? There was someone I think it's there's a heart issue connected with it. And I think this idea that you are freely given so freely give um, is is really a is really like a um, a sort of like um, it exposes who who we are in relation to God, where our trust is, um, and what our motives really are, you know. And I think is we don't want to just talk about ministries. We're talking about revival. But I feel like one of the reasons we we don't see this great move is because we're desperate to we're, we don't trust God, mm -hmm. um, and 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 money's just the way that that's exposed yeah. you know it's a it's a good way of seeing where your heart is jesus said you can't serve both god and money where your treasure is there your heart will be also and so yeah i just feel like to me i i want to distance myself from that kind of concept we're you know being a generous giver rather than being a a giver who is you know, giving so that I would receive some mm -hmm. blessing yeah so you're so yeah we're starting this conversation off Rightfully so, looking at maybe some of the uh, hindrances to pure generosity, Christ-like generosity, uh, but, but you know, giving so that we could receive back. Now, strange we're saying that that's 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 the wrong motive for giving so we can get back. But yet, so many times the Bible says <laughs> no to us, like if you give, it'll be given back to you, pressed down, shaken over. And so, but I think the mentality is, okay, do I want more riches, or do I want if I give time, will I get people to serve me more if I serve them? 
I think the motive behind that is, is again, the Abrahamic covenant. I'm going to bless you so that it can, it can uh, pour, right. pour through you. So Jesus is saying, you have one talent. Uh, if you give it that away and use it wisely, then you're going to get you know a double portion. Right. Okay. Oh, good. Now I finally, I'm, I finally reached my my goal. You know, my my primary goal of making this much money or living this kind of lifestyle. It's not that. Which that's the deception of the materialistic preaching in the church today. Yeah. It, but the truth of what Jesus is like, hey, you give, if, if I find you to be a, a, a good steward, hold on, because so much more is going to be poured through you. And we're not talking about just money here either. Right. We're talking about gifts. We're talking about uh, time, the generosity of our time. We're talking about the generosity of, of, uh, of, of spirit of serving somebody, of helping them when they're in need, right. of, of taking a task from somebody else, of just of, of blessing words can be generous too. Definitely, uh, you, it, you can have stingy words. You can have generous words, and so uh, you know. And I, I think when I start thinking of generosity, the opposite to me is not, um, you know, uh, kind of stingy. It's it's uh, it, you become stingy because of this word I would use as scarcity. So there's we're talking about abundance. God, we both said that we we know how. Abundant God is, and scarcity is the opposite of that. I think that yeah, it's different. It's, it's a different, and and once you you know, it's almost like here. Here's a, a, a I'll paint a picture of it. You know, we we order. There's let's say there's six of us here, and we order uh, a pizza, and there's thirteen slices. That means you know, each of us will get two, except one of us will get three. Right. And so so you start if you're all three, you're you know, all six of you guys are hungry. You you know, scarcity says. Okay, I've only had two, and there's one left. Or I've only got one, and he ate three. Right. Uh, scarcity brings measurement, comparison, comp- competition, uh, fear, anxiety. Uh, when people <clears throat> lay their head on the pillow at night and they're anxious about, do I have enough money to to create uh, all my bills, to pay for all my bills? It's it's a scarcity mentality. Yeah, and that's what Jesus is trying to cause us to avoid. You know, so for sure. me, that instead of that pizza being like that, Jesus is a host. Of this event that has this, the multiplication, the more, the more bread the disciples give away, they come back and Jesus says, here's here's another basketful for this for the, the you know remember you had them sitting groups of fifty, and I, I think there's something about that measurement that God's saying like every group of fifty is going to be more than amply fed and then some left over right that's that's the the ample uh, abundance of God, and when we when we walk in that then we're not living into that competition we're not living in that fear. Uh, and again, so then we are being purposely contrasted to the world. Jesus is saying, this is what my kingdom looks like. It's a people that have no fear of scarcity. Uh, they have, have have a sense of abundance. And again, it's, it's and, and that abundance is not <clears throat> talking, you know, we're both saying that's not, just we're not talking money. about just, you know, being rich. It uh, Although I think God does bless us financially as well. I have no, no problem with that. I'm grateful for that. Uh, my wife and I, over the years, have been able to give more and more away because he's blessed us with more and more resources to do that. As, as long as we're a funnel, I think he continues to to help us. Yeah, I think I think it's important to say this too. It's it's you know it's not the um, it's not pitting money as the root of all evil. Money right. says money is the roots of all kind of evil. Yeah, the love of money, and I think what you know, like for instance, we're just talk about money for a second you know it's what does money mean to you you know there's some people money means 
pride. You know, money means influence. Money means I can go into the club that or the event you can't get into. Yeah. It's what it it's what it affords us really. Um, you know, I grew up poor. Um, and so for me, money, the the idolatry of money for me wouldn't be power and influence as much as it would be security. Yeah. All these things that we should find in Christ, our identity, our significance, our security, our help, our hope is is all found in Christ. And so I think it's uh it's exactly. it's more about it's it you know, money's the big one because it just is the thing that can open the doors or uh, to being able to sin in these other ways. Yeah. But, but like you said, and and what, and I wanted to address this too. What you said about money, um, you know, that God bl- does bless the giver. I think for me, here's the the line: is this? I think the the hard part that people get confused on is God. God does say that He blesses the giver. God also says that He will give more to He who's a good steward. I think the difference is is when you're giving, it's not for that intention. Right. So while the the reciprocal of that's true, it's not it's not a scheme to get more because <laughs> then that exposes that your heart isn't really generous. It's yeah. really you're seeking something different, and that's and I think that's the beauty of generosity. Mm-hmm. It's knowing that that you you trust God enough to be generous. Your heart is at a right place with God. I think one of the greatest examples of that, because the way God supplies for us, God might supply for you in this season of your life by letting you have a larger paycheck. Um, but God also supplied for you in an earlier place in your life by the generosity of others. Why, yeah. you know, it didn't matter if you were getting it because it's going in directly into your bank account or because people bring you by these... I think that's the thing. It's about, um, it's really about having our focus on God. And it comes back to the, something we've touched on in every one of these segments. It's the heart of the matter. It's the heart of the matter. Not, It's not the thing. It's the intent. Pastor Joshua West here, co-host of the Gary Wilkerson podcast. I want to invite you to go to worldchallenge.org and listen to the latest sermon series from myself and from Gary Wilkerson. We, we model what we learn from, from, from Christ, you know, just being so generous. And it, and it kind of rubs off on us, I think. We, 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 get, we catch his spirit that, uh, you know, as he is in this world, so are we. And we, we become generous by, by seeing Christ, by being near Christ, by watching him work in our life, by the testimonies we have. You know, how, how, you know both you and I have probably incredible testimonies of the abundance of God and yeah. meeting, meeting our need just at the right time in the right yes. way. Um, you know, but I think of my mind goes to the the feeding of the five thousand. So Jesus is Jesus is actually actually at the start of that story, he he says uh, Herod had just killed John the Baptist, and they bring a report to Jesus. They, hey, they just killed John the Baptist, and you would think Jesus would be up in arms like that. Uh, you know, uh, Simon the, the zealot was with him. Hey, let's take up our swords and go. Let's go kill that guy. You know, yeah. I think Jesus could have been tempted because Herod had been such a, a thorn in his side, his, you know, from the time he was a childhood when when uh, he had to flee. From and, his father, yeah. Yeah, and Herod's father. And then the son, his second generation, is killing his cousin. Yeah. Uh, but but Jesus says, hey, let's just go to a place for solitude. So just, let's just, instead of getting angry and revengeful, let's just, just go. And so he wants to go to this mountain and pray. As he's getting ready to go up this mountain, this large crowd gathers around him. And I just love his compassion here. This is generosity viewed. It says, and he healed them all. They came, they were lame, and 
and diseased and paralytic and demonic, and they came from the ten cities, the Decapolis, and from Judea and Samaria. They came. They just this crowd gathered around him. And instead of doing what he he wanted to do, was get away and pray and get his heart to the place of you know where the vengeance would not be temptation for him. And and instead he he's not caught, but he's he's here and he's got all these multitudes. So he's he's pouring out. He's being generous, uh, you know, to 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 the masses. And I love what happens next. His disciples, not not him, he doesn't come to the disciples and say, hey, these people are getting hungry. Right. Let's find them some food. The disciples say they're getting hungry. They've been with us for a long time. We need to you know, find some food for them. I, I just, it's, it's not really stated blatantly in Scripture, but I read into it that that Jesus is rubbing off on them. They're, they're thinking now about, they're not thinking like, hey, I thought we were going to have a day off. You know, we're going right. to go to the mountain and have a little prayer time. Uh, or hey, we've been here a long time, and we're getting tired of all these healing lines. Uh, they're they're doing what Jesus would do, thinking about the needs of people. To me, that's that generous spirit again. So it could be money, it could be sharing a meal, it it could be putting others above you. It, it could be you know in our preaching circles, it could be um, hey um, you know you and I are invited to this event. Hey Josh, why don't you preach you know the the keynote? I, I'll do the next one. You know, it's, it's actually happened in real life. Oh, yeah. It actually <laughs> happened. It I, don't, happened I don't remember that. At the, uh, at a, uh, we did an outreach, and I was oh, like, yeah, hey, yeah. and you're I like, no, 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 that. why don't you take that? So, anyways, <laughs> I'm not sure that was generous or exhaustion on my part. Okay. But, no, but yeah, I wanted to hear you preach, because you're great with, uh, anytime you preach is great, but evangelism is is incredible. I think you have a, a real gift there. But yeah, it's, it's uh, so so this abundance we're talking about, this generosity, uh, just, it, it, there's not an area of a life that doesn't touch us. Yep. Are we generous in praying for others rather than ourselves? Uh, so oftentimes my prayer list is help me meet this need or that need. Are, are, are we generous when we read something from Scripture and it blesses us? Do we, do we, you know, when we get home from work, do we say, hey, I just, at lunch today I read this and we talk to our wife or our kids, say this really blessed me. That's, that's generosity. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, t- mowing your neighbor's lawn is generosity. It's it's. You know, it could be called love. It could be called other things, but it's manifest through generosity here. I think. Yeah, and I think it's. I think it's. It's a way to display love, the love of God that's changed our life, and that that we we want to share that with our neighbor. You know, we were talking about sort of the culture. You know how, um, you know what the culture is hungry for, and what it seems mm-hmm. like. You know, even when you look at secular culture, and even though, you know, uh, industry has has co-opted it for the sake of marketing, so I'm not mm-hmm. a fool and think it's all altruistic, but it's a sort of rise of like, you know, hey, listen, if you buy our brand of shoes, we'll give one away. Right. There is this sort of reality of there of, of even though some people are using it for marketing, I don't think all people have the ill intent right. when they started it out. Right. No, I agree. But, but I feel like that there is this, that to me, that's kind of like people want, I mean, I feel like that's what the part of the the social justice movement that's completely wrong, completely unbiblical. But there is this idea of like, of doing what's right for right's sake, even if it's misguided and, and being giving. And, and so I feel like that there's, we have the the source of these things, and so for me, I it, it saddens me. I used to I'm friends with a pastor in Oklahoma, and he would always say, 
He goes, let's let's never let the lost out community the church. Yeah. And it's not because we're trying to be a community agency. It should, it should flow out of us because what has flowed into us. Yeah. And so I think generosity is really a posture of the heart. It's a heart who who is at peace with God, who trusts God, who depends on him for daily bread, who wants to see his kingdom come, who loves his fellow man. And, and I feel like when we get – because we can we can always look at money and say oh well, i'm not stingy in that way but like you alluded to before but we can be sting- i mean some for some people it's easier to you know if you have okay. a lot of money it's yeah. easier just to write a check Absolutely. hey yeah sure i'll give you some money to that now yeah. <laughs> go away uh-huh. you know i i feel like yeah. for us you know i think the example that we see in king david when when he came and wanted the piece of land and he said well, i'll just give yeah. it to you and he said well, i don't i don't want to not pay something for it it's easy to be generous where we have obvious abundance. Absolutely. And and I think sometimes we have to be thoughtful. Maybe you have more money than time. Yeah. So your time's something valuable. Right. When you give us someone a little of your time, um, or if you give, you know, I think you have to kind of think that way because it's real easy for us to look at our strengths and go, no, no I give plenty of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but let's let's look at the other places, you know, yeah. where where the commodity may be more scarce. Yeah. And I think that's where you really can kind of Look at the generosity of your heart. And I think we should, you know, we should think about it that way. Like you said in the other segment, action steps, not just, um, yes, we know what's true, but let's, let's be thoughtful how we apply it to our lives. Yeah. That's so good. Matthew, uh, Matthew six, one through four, Jesus sees some giving going on, but, but he starts that part of his, uh, this is the teaching of the uh, sermon, sermon on the Mount. And Jesus is teaching us. Basically, I think he's teaching us what we, you know, when the first week of this podcast on this particular series, we talked about Jesus being the exact image of the of God, and so he's imaging again God's heart of generosity, and so we see Jesus is generous, and then he turns to us and says, in Matthew six, when you give, he doesn't say if you give, if you right. want to give, it's when when you do. So the expectation is. You're a giver. You're in my kingdom. Yep. I'm rubbing off on you. You're going to do what I do. Uh, the, 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 the servant is you know, not above the master. Right. Uh, you know, the servant follows the master, and we follow him in this extravagant giving, even to the point of Jesus saying, you know, I lay my life down for my friends, that uh, ultimate sacrifice, no greater love than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And then he calls us into that kind of sacrificial Giving that that is you know we talked about radical love last episode. This is this is radical generosity. It's not a tithe. It's not a ten. It's not ten percent. It's it's really more like give the ninety percent that's right. left over after you've tithed. Of uh, and again not just with money but time, energy, resources, love, passion, grace, forgiveness is a generosity mm-hmm. that's uh, almost everything that's in the Bible. And then um, yeah, so I, I think that's important that we 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 give like Jesus gives in totality. The remedy to anxiety is generosity, and Jesus exposes this when he says, um, "Don't be anxious for your life. Don't toil and toss and turn and lose your lose lose sleeplessness. You know, become sleepless at night." Uh, generosity uh, cultivates a lack of anxiety. It gives you freedom from that, and so. And he and he talks about two different elements. He talks about the birds of the air, the lily lilies of the field. All they need is uh, nurture from the soil and the sun, and that's more than ample, and so they don't worry. They don't, and so Jesus ties in uh, overcoming anxiety by living generosity. But he also ties in: you can live generosity when you understand and trust 
my resources are available to you. There's nothing. Yeah. And this, again, that's why generosity is so expansive. It goes every time you and I get up in the pulpit, we have to understand. We don't worry and get anxious about our sermon. We, sometimes, I, 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 honestly, I do, but I shouldn't because I know God has an abundant supply of anointing and his word is powerful, sharp as to his word. It can do anything he wants it to do. So I should get up to the pulpit and generously give away because of the of the supply. Uh, and, but, uh, you know, but without generosity, uh, without understanding the ample supply that God has for us, we will—you're not going to overcome anxiety. You're not going to go to a counselor, and they're going to help you overcome that. You're not going to pray it away. You're not going to fast it away. You're going to be anxious if you don't understand what we're talking about today, the difference between generosity and scarcity, abundance and scarcity. That's, no that's the bottom line it. for me, and that's, that's freedom. In recovery circles, you know, people who um, get off of drugs or alcohol— you know, there because addiction, just like most a lot of other self gratifying things, is a very selfish. You know, the drug addict's going to make sure the alcoholic's going to make sure that he has that part of his life taken care of mm -hmm. before anything else. But it's interesting in, in in recovery. I don't agree with everything that some of these, you know, some branches of uh, secular recovery pivot, but or promote. But there's this sort of adage that says to keep it. You have to give it away. Mm -hmm. And this idea that you can't be a person who's well-adjusted and thriving in that area of your life unless you're giving it to other people. Uh, I think there's truth to that. You know, as people of God, we're not meant to be stagnant ponds. We're meant to be rivers, living waters that are flowing. And I think you can equate that to your gifts and talents, your time, your money, um, your life, you know, it's this, it's supposed to be this living, moving thing. And, uh, you know, scarcity is hold on to as much as I can because more, more might not come around or what if the rainy day happens yeah. or, or whatever else. And for me, it, it always comes back to trusting the Lord. You know, Jesus here, you, you mentioned the scripture, but in Matthew 6, 19, he says, don't lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moths and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth and rust destroy, where neither thieves break in and steal for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I think, I think the idea of if our treasure is in Christ and our trust is in Christ, then we don't have to worry about daily bread. We don't have to worry about tomorrow you know the the bird of the air the yeah. flower of the field don't worry about tomorrow tomorrow's got enough worries yeah. of its own right and i think what we do is is not only do we rob other people that god wants to bless through our lives but we rob ourselves yeah, we it's it's robbing ourselves anxiousness and and this um you know and i think it has what our missions director mark renfro said this in a devo the other day he said sometimes a the problem with the West isn't materialism as much as they, they want comfort. Mm -hmm. So there, you, there would be people that you would, you would say that you wouldn't call them materialistic. They're not living for the, the next gadget or the yeah. bigger house, but, but they wouldn't sacrifice comfort to right. be generous. And I think for me, that's the, that's actually the line where the rubber meets the road. Because when we look at our, our example, Christ, you know, that, that is abolished. That, yeah. That's blown out of the water. Sacrifice, comfort. Totally. You is. know, he didn't have a place to lay his head. He died a bloody death on a cross. Yeah. And he did it so that we could have life. Amen. 
Amen. Wow, it's powerful. So if you're wondering, you've been following the series and you're listening to us today and you're wondering, well, okay, I, I understand where you're going with this. I'm grateful to hear about generosity and it's opening my eyes to the expansiveness of generosity and how trust is is a part of that. When you trust God, we we don't uh, we are free to be more generous. If we don't, we get anxious and then we become stingy and want to hold and possess everything. So okay, so you're, so you're, so you're saying so okay, I, I got that. But how does this relate to the overarching topic that you're talking about here? Is a, a move of God in this generation? Well, again, I think that what we be, what we are contending for is to say that we are living in a generation that is so um, used to and surrounded by and absorbed in such materialistic selfishness that anything that smacks of true, you know, spirit-filled altruism, giving away of yourself and your time, your energy, loving people deeply in a way that is manifest in how you act and behave, then you're going to see people coming to Christ, and you're going to see repentance and revival and spiritual awakening. This will be one of the marks of a true spiritual awakening in our generation when you see uh, people, just uh, a community of Christians modeling Jesus's lifestyle for a new kingdom uh, in the midst of a dark world and saying, we, we are a generous people. We just, we, we love to give. We have a precedent a for it in the book of Acts. Yeah. I mean, that's what the early church looked yeah, like. Yeah, that's true. They weren't, they weren't, um, you know, there wasn't there wasn't this idea that having things was bad. There wasn't like this demand from the church where Peter said, "Everyone come donate your land yeah. to be a Christian." It wasn't yeah. some sort of like imposed, you know, yeah. communism or something. Right. It was the heart of the people who who wanted to support widows and orphans who yeah. want to see the kingdom of God come. Yeah, yeah. And it said that the interesting line: "No one lacked because they had all things in common." I don't think that that means that we have to go sell of our stuff and live in a tent. What I think is, is that we see our fellow man as an image bearer of God yeah. and it moves our hearts to bear each other's burdens, to give of ourselves. If we all live that way, you know, it, it would be a, you know, you would say a much better world. Obviously we want to see the kingdom of God come. What does Jesus say? He says, we do these things so that people might give praise to our father Amen. who is in heaven. Yeah. That's what we're talking about, Joshua, in these last, this being the fourth episode of this series, we're talking about elements of the kingdom life that once truly generated in our hearts and in, in the community of the believer's hearts, it's going to produce revival. It's going to produce spiritual awakening. It, it will move God's hand in power because it's you. You alluded to the Book of Acts. That's that was one of the first mighty moves of God in the uh, New Testament times, and that can, that can be we can see it again. I believe. Well, thank you, sir. Good being with you again. And, you as well. Uh, please join us again for our next episode as we talk about forgiveness, and that's going to be one that's going to really, um, I, I think, will challenge us, convict us, and change us. So, stay tuned for some good times ahead. God bless you all. If you're enjoying the podcast but want to dig deeper, both Gary and Joshua have books that you can buy right now on our online store. Go to worldchallenge.org and click on the store tab at the top of the page. There you'll find books written by David Wilkerson, Gary Wilkerson, Joshua West, and others as well. Check it out today.
Ephesians 6.18 says that we should pray at all times in the spirit with all kinds of prayer and supplication. If you would like someone at World Challenge to pray with you, visit worldchallenge.org forward slash prayer or call us at one 833 praise Again, that's one 833 praise Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time 